Welcome into another edition, a long-delayed edition of Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. I can believe it's the 2022 football we're, season we're is back. here, Sponge. We're back, we're back, baby. We're back. We you are can, back. You can smell that. You can smell that grass. You know that yeah, morning grass. It's, Practice has been going good. I'm, like I say, we got Friday night lights tomorrow night. Let's kick it off, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a while since we've been in here and, and talked some high school football. Um, we thank you for sticking with us all last year, and we're going to do this weekly throughout the season as well this year. So, wow, we're going to kick off kick things off before we talk about week one games. We're going to talk about our Super Ten teams, and I'm going to count mine down uh, from uh, from ten to one sponge. I've got Jackson at 10, Ed White at 9, Reigns at 8, Baker County 7, Nice at 6, Fleming Island 5, Columbia 4, Bartram Trail 3, Bowles 2, and Trinity Christian 1. So those are my top 10 teams. Sponge, who you got? Yeah, I scouted out your top 10. Uh, you know, I had I had compiled my list about a week ago, and then I saw your 10. We're pretty close. We got almost the same 10 different orders in a few. Uh, my 10 from going to 1 is I got Fletcher. I got my boy C4 cracking the top 10 at number 10. I got the Jackson Tigers at nine, Baker County eight, Fleming Island at seven, the Reigns Vikings at six. Then I think our top five is pretty close. Columbia, I got Nice at four, Bartram, Bowles and Trinity are three, two, and one, you know, just like yours. But, you know, there's like we were just saying, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty to a lot of teams. A lot of teams are, you know, breaking in some new guys. A lot of teams lost a lot from those, uh, from teams from last year. So, a lot of question marks, and it's going to be fun and interesting to see as these first couple of weeks play out because a lot of these teams are actually playing each other. Yeah, you know, so there, I think there's some good matchups in the first couple of weeks to actually kind of get our feet on who's going to be good around the area for yeah. sure. My actually, I made a mistake on my super ten. I had Bartram Trail at two and Bowles okay, there at you go. three. So, so we're, we're flip, a little, we're flip a little right bit, there. a little bit different, but um, I think we're pretty pretty on with about eight of those teams together. Just some variation in where those rank. Um, a couple of those teams I want to I want to go through. Um, nice last year, you know, you and I were probably early believers in Marcus Stokes last year. We oh, yeah. talked about him probably from from week three onward last season. You've had a chance to um, to see Marcus a little bit uh, a little bit closer than I, and uh, you you know raved about him from yeah. from beginning last year. And uh, the only thing he did was take uh, a back to back one and one team all the way to the regional finals and uh, committed to Penn State, then flipped to Florida in the off season. So my question with Nice this year is how can they follow that up? I mean, that last year was so out of just left field, 9-4 and four, all the way to the regional finals at Buholtz. Just an unbelievably good season uh, for Nice after back-to-back one-win years. So you're a known entity this year. You're not yep. sneaking up on anybody Definitely. like you did last year. Um, Marcus Stokes, we're going to see how good he is this year with that pressure on. There's a difference, and I, I know you'd probably agree with me here, but there's a difference in doing things a little bit under the radar, and doing things when you're a quote-unquote Florida commit or a Power 5 commit. That spotlight shines a little bit brighter. You're going to get teams best. Um, not saying you didn't get their best last year, but there's a little bit more uh, prestige when you were that Florida commit. At, oh, yeah, everybody, uh, everybody will be everybody coming out for sure. Everybody knows you. So my question is, how, how do you handle those graduation losses? They lost a lot of guys on that Nice team, including our player of the year, offensive player of the year, Dom Henry. Exactly. Um, he was fantastic last year. As good as Marcus was, Dom was, uh, to me, head and shoulders the offensive player of the year in this area. He was just so good. And I, I talked to Colin Drafts at Media Day uh, last month, 
And he said, it's kind of a by-committee approach right now for us. We're still kind of looking to see who's going to fill some of those voids. Um, you know, we're going to see how good Marcus is because yeah. there's going to be a lot more expected of him. No, for sure. And like I say, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I think, you know, last last year they, they had the struggling uh, seasons before. They kind of – I knew how good Marcus was, but it was – you know, you still had to put it together on the field. You know, I think we didn't know how good Dom Henry really was how good some of those, you know, that senior-led defense really was. So, like, they kind of did sneak up on some people, surprise some people. They had the great run at the end of the end of the year into the playoffs. But I think basically we're going to find out how good Marcus is because it's kind of, like you said, on his shoulders to basically be like, you're the guy, you got to create all the plays, mm-hmm. definitely by committee. So I want to know, you know, who's going to be running the ball. Because really when I went back and looked at that statistic-wise, they really – Stokes ran it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot. So he'll probably do that again. You know, you don't have the 1,700 yards receiver. Yeah. So you're going to have to find some of those other guys to step up and make plays, you know, in the receiving game. So committee, we'll see what happens. But I definitely think it's going to be a question to see what he can do. Can he carry the team, which I think he's going to be capable of. But, you know, the schedule's tough. Some of those teams are playing that, you know, they, they banged with in, in tight games. And, you know, like the Fletcher, that, that Fletcher loss I know sticks out. I know, you know, they they get Jackson right out the gate, which should be a good one. So it, definitely a question mark of, you know, what who's going to be the guys to step up around him and make them, you know, go again to try to make another run like they did last year. And there was just such – there's such a uh, – again, when you're, when you're playing – a guy who's committed to Florida at quarterback, you know, elite eleven guy. It's the same things we've seen with Mac Jones, Carson Beck, um, Jeff Sims. All these guys. Once you're committed to a school, you're a known guy recruiting wise, especially at a at a high profile program. That target on your back gets a little bit bigger. And again, it was big last year. I mean, as Nice was kind of turning things and, and making people believers. Um, they did have some letdowns like that Fletcher game, for instance, but. That that light is just so much. The glare is so much brighter on you on Friday nights on Definitely. the sidelines. You're just known. I mean, you're gonna have people in the crowd, Gator stuff, getting autographs after mm-hmm. game with Marcus. So how does we saw that with Tebow when yeah. he was at Nice and after his sophomore season, he became that known quantity. He was a national guy at that point, and he was able to go out and justify that. Yeah. Uh, his junior season at Nice was uh, his best season there. Um, Obviously, we won Mr. Football as a senior, but uh, it just that the glare can really, really be a little bit bright. No, a lot it, of it definitely can, and it puts it puts the pressure on these guys, these high high profile guys in our area. And I know that that's that's just the way it is. When a guy on a team is ranked, you know, in the top 300 on ESPN, or he's a top, you know, Super 11, you know, in the area, these other players. You know, they know who these guys are. They mm-hmm. play with them. We play with them in seven-on-seven. Seven. They play with them, you know, in, in their former teammates here and there, and they they just know these guys. So anytime you see a guy, you always – if you feel like, you know, you're just as good, you want to go at that guy. So if you're, you know, like Sharif, everybody wants a piece mm-hmm. of Sharif. Everybody, if you're a receiver, you want to go at Sharif. If you're, you know, everybody wants a piece of Webb. You know, we want to shut Webb down. You know, so any of these high-profile guys, they're always going to gather that extra attention on the on those Friday night games. So, like – how will Stokes and the rest of these guys who are these high-profile high guys handle it, and, you know, what can they do to carry their team, you know, to the playoffs and on? Yeah, I'm interested to see because, again, Nice is one of my teams where I think they have a, a lot to prove and also a lot to lose. They do, you they, have, definitely. You had such a good season last year. I mean, win two playoff games on the road like they did in the fashion that they did and played Buholtz in that regional final, hung with them for a half. 
Um, but how do you turn that around? I mean, you, you're a one-win team in 2020, uh, one-win team in 2019, and then boom, out of left field, you come a nine-win team. you got a major committed quarterback, uh, Penn State, uh, Florida kid. Um, so how do you do that? I mean, I think Nice is kind of one of those boomer bust teams where I, I agree. you could really you could come back and follow that up with a fantastic season, or you could hit that streak of oh man, this is going to be a tough year. No, that that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like they set the standard, they almost like you know set themselves up, which is what you want to be. You want to have a high ceiling, have a high standard. Say hey, we win eight, nine, ten games a year, and then we go on a you know one, two, three, fourth round playoff. You know try to get to the state championship like so when you set that if you don't do it again it's almost like dang did we fail right you know so I think what it'll you know predicate on is you know what kind of season they do have like you know win games you know maybe they don't win as many games but they make another run like they did this past year or you know like you say maybe they fall some games they shouldn't and then they don't make the playoffs who knows like so that's that's where I love to see this play out you know mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch you know you know they, they've got you know, now they, they came out of nowhere, like you said, now they're number three in my rankings. So they're either going to stay up there or they're going to drop. You right. Know, so it's... And I was out there on, um, you know, the, the Thanksgiving Day practice at Nice last year where that's kind of the pinnacle for coaches if, you know, if, you're, if you don't play in a state championship game. But if you can practice on Thursday morning of Thanksgiving, if you can practice on – still be practicing week of Thanksgiving, how exciting that is. Um, the coaches, I've done this for years and every year at St. Augustine or at Nice – the goal was to get to a Thanksgiving Day That's practice because that means you're still practicing late in the season. Uh, you're probably at least three rounds deep, and that's kind of the thing. So I was out at practice, Nisha's practice, uh, Thanksgiving last year, and just that excitement around there. They, they had old alums out there. I saw Ted Stachitis and talked to him for a while. Uh, just guys from those old Nice teams that were part of those playoff teams, those last playoff teams at Nice uh, that made it that far in the, in the postseason. If you remember in 2005-7, to seven, Nice had three straight state championship game appearances. They won in 2005 with uh, with Tebow in that senior class, and then they made it a couple more times with Ted Stakaitis running the show at quarterback. So it has been a long time since Nice has tasted that success and, and made that. And I think with, with Marcus Stokes, I mean, that's the most important piece of a team. We see it at every level, college, high school, NFL. You have a quarterback. They can take your team to great heights. 100%. And, and Nice does have that quarterback. 100%. That, like, that's – Everybody knows if you have a quarterback, you're capable. You got a chance in every game. So he's going to put them in the right position. He's going to do the right things to make them successful. So you know, a lot, obviously, it's a 11 man game on each side of the ball. So you know, the defense has got to come to play. But if you know Stokes can be what he, what we think he can be, what we've seen him to be, he's going to make those guys around him better. He'll elevate their play. And so, like you say, it's on his shoulders to carry them. So. Let's see it, you know, and it's it's you know if you got a quarterback, you're in every game. Yeah, and uh, another team we want to spend a minute on is Nice's opponent here in Week One, Andrew Jackson. Uh, we talked a little bit about them before we came on here, but they opened their season last week against Brunswick, lost twenty three to thirteen. I saw that game um, it, again. Brunswick was undefeated yeah. until the third round of the playoffs, yeah. or second round of the playoffs last year. So, again, a team that finished 11-1 and last year was a heck of a test for Christopher Foy's group right out of the gate. They lose by 10, but they were in that game. I saw that game. Their defense really shined to me. They could have – Jackson could have been absolutely hammered in that game. They had two end zone interceptions. Yeah. Uh, so, the defense held them on. I think they're a little bit younger on offense and still have some feeling out. But just the, the evolution of Jackson – these last few years. I mean, if you remember Jackson, it's, yeah. it's kind of 
Kevin Sullivan left in mm-hmm. 2009, and it was a black hole. Yeah, between they were bad. They were bad. that time and and just until recently. So they have really turned the program around in a short period of time. Um, they qualified last year for the playoffs for the first time. I don't count the pandemic year because you didn't qualify. You just said you wanted to be in and you're in. So they made the postseason at seven and four. Lost a heartbreaker in the first round. You've got Grayson Howard at linebacker, one of the nicest kids you'll meet, and a darn good football player. Mm-hmm. Kind of the headliner of that program. Definitely, he's he's a he's a beast. He's a he's a thumper, like great size, fast, athletic. He's he's one of those linebackers that you just love to have. But also, like you said, he's maybe even a better kid. Like he's a great kid, um, humble. You know, definitely the headliner on that team. There's a couple other guys who actually played seven on seven with a DB, um, and a, the running back receiver Fred Gaines who had mm-hmm. the big touchdown. He, I think he's a stud. Um, quarterback's been uh, he's they had Sonia uh, graduated, so uh, Terry's the new quarterback. He looked all right, so he he needs to definitely step up their game to, like you said, that offense is young, mm-hmm. so he's going to have to be a playmaker along with Fred Gaines. And you know, defensively, like we just said with you know quarterback play. If you have a solid defense, if you have a really good defense, you can be in every game. Mm-hmm. You know, that defense can keep you in tight games. You know, hopefully that team you're playing makes a mistake. You get a turnover. They created some turnovers. So, like, let your offense get some time to, you know, catch up to itself. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, they can have a big season as well. I know that was one of your favorite teams from last year, as as, as mine. So, I know they've got some big games out the gate, too. Like yeah. we said, this week one. So yeah, week one. They, like, Nice, nice could be 0-1 and, or Jackson could be 0-2. You know, that's so it's – you kind of come out and be ready to go. It's a, it's a great, <laughs> a great challenge, I think, for both of those teams. You know, Jackson already got. I mean, you're playing Brunswick and Nice right out of the gate. That tells you how far Jackson has come yeah. in a relatively short period of time. Again, this is a team that a school that turned into a magnet school within the last five years. So you're drawing a different, uh, a different uh, sect of kid this year. Uh, or have been drawn to a different, uh, different type of kid. You know, when you think of magnet schools, I mean, Ed White is now a magnet school. Jackson, Stanton, Paxson. I mean, they're, the, when, you, when you're a magnet school program, again, you're, you're getting not just that neighborhood kid, your, your student body uh, changes as well. So um, really good to see what Christopher Foy has, this team feeling and believing that they can compete against these teams. You know, losing to, to, to Brunswick on the road, in a week zero game, 23-13, that's a respectable loss. Definitely respectable. Respectable definitely, loss. Definitely. And they've got, they've got the players. I, I worry about Jackson's depth against those bigger teams, and I think we saw that last week. Uh, but Fred Gaines was an, was an absolute monster last year. I know we talk about Grayson Howard, but Fred Gaines is, is in that conversation to us. Uh, probably the most irreplaceable guy on that Jackson Dude, team. No, I'm telling Grayson. you, he played seven on seven for us this year. You know, he's kind of a running back at trait. But the dude is just a straight athlete. You could put him at receiver. He could play DB. He could play safety. You know, you can line him up anywhere, and he's going to make plays. Like, you know, so I I was impressed with him when I saw him way back in February because that was the first time I've ever seen him up close and met him and talked with him and all that stuff. Definitely Fred Gaines is a baller. So, like, I'm I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch him this season. 85-yard touchdown uh, catch and run last week on a nice pass from uh, Amari Terry um, on a third and, and way long, too. So, uh, Jackson did not give up in that game, and I think that's what Christopher Foy wants to instill in these guys that, hey, we're going to play bigger teams. We're going to play teams that have more talent than us, but uh, keep battling, and they were in that game uh, into the very end. So, okay, let's uh, let's kind of shift gears into our uh, our games this week. There are four that I'm looking at, uh, and Sponge, you got you got four different ones as well. But my four, Bulls at St. Augustine, 
Fleming Island at Clay, Ponte Vedra at Bartram Trail. And how about Beachside and Tacoy Creek, there you go. Uh, the matchup? That's our game of the week. Uh, fans voted. Unbelievable response from fans in our Football Friday Game of the Week voting. We had nearly 500,000 votes uh, this week in our Week 1 uh, Game of the Week voting. Beachside, a first-year program, and uh, St. Johns County visiting Tacoy Creek, a second-year program in St. Johns County. So that's just a natural rivalry. Uh, but the four games, Bowl St. Augustine, I like that yeah. matchups. The fourth year in a row these guys have was, played. They've had some good games. The last they've had good years. ones, yeah. So I like I like the fact Matt Toblin got to bowls and immediately said, hey, I want to play some of these games. I want to play some of these teams that we've not had these uh, these matchups with. You know, Bowls and St. Augustine, while Corky was there, they'd only play in the preseason for a couple of times. So nice to see that one. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? I, I love it. Like, that's a, that's a good, like, you know, Duval County, St. John's County, you know, powerhouse type uh, game so like that bowls you know there are they're my number two team just like you or they're number three on your list but how do they transition offensively with the absence of their machine Cade Frug being gone you know now going back to what we said quarterback play it's all on DJ, all on DJ. You know, and, and he can throw it he can spin it trust me now I think their offense is gonna obviously be different because I think he's gonna throw it a little more plus he'll probably do a little more running himself um, they'll probably have to find a new back. I'm not sure who their back is, but we'll, he'll probably emerge here pretty quick. But I will say a name for you to be on the lookout for. Ninth grade freshman, Naeem Burroughs. I don't know if you've seen this kid play. He's been playing at Reebok Middle for the last several years. He's been on the 7-on-7 seven, seven, seven seven circuit with my, my boy Ahmad Christian. Um, and he's, his older brother is yeah. Bur- Quincy Burroughs from, from Reigns, who's out since So this kid is like that. I'm talking about instant difference maker on offense. Um, he's going to be a target for DJ. Obviously, you got uh, you know Gunner Cox at tight end or Connor Cox. Connor Cox. Yeah. Tight end. He's going to stretch the field in that middle area to uh, to let some of these wideouts get loose. You know, deep down the field. So DJ is going to throw it around a lot. I think. So I think their offense is going to change a little bit. So now the big question is. All that defensive replacing they got to do. So yeah, like, they I, lost I, Pyburn. And, <laughs> they, yeah, Hayden. They, Schwartz, they lost yeah. some studs on that defense. So, but I mean, they've got some key guys who are back. So, you know, they're, like Toblin, he just he kind of reloads the program that, that they've already bought into his his style of play, his system. All that's in place. So now it's just going to come kind of down to those guys executing, and like you said, DJ, you know, making the right reads, making the right throws, and you know, putting them into good position. But I think I think they're going to be just fine. But I don't know what St. Augustine – I know St. Augustine had a young cat who um, played running back, Devontae Lyons. He's a problem. So, I'm not sure what else St. Augustine has to replace and who their newcomers are. So, that's a banger right out of the gate for one, for one of these teams to yeah. basically be 0-1 or 1-0. and Yeah, and that's – you know, the Toblin staff at Bowles, I mean, high school football to me is, is where coaching is so important. You see – Stability in that coaching staff. That's why you look at a Bartram Trail. I mean, Daryl Sutherland's been there since school opened. Yep. Um, you look at Trinity. Verlin's been there since Forever. the dawn of time, it feels <laughs> like. Um, yeah, Corky, when he was at Bowles, his staff never changed. And Bowles with Toblin, I mean, he's got guys there, Josh Hoekstra, Manny Wellington, um, guys that he's known, he either coached with, played with, um, and you just see that infrastructure in place at Bowles with Toblin and his staff to just not have those down years. They've never, I mean, with Toblin there, they've either reached the state semifinals like they did last year and lost to Coco in a game they probably should have won or played for state titles. Mm-hmm. So in three years, uh, they've not had a finish worse than the state semifinals at Bowles. And uh, to me, that's a lot of good coaching. 
Um, you're putting the players in the right positions. And, uh, you know, Bowles is, is not barren for talent. No, no, they've definitely got some new guys in there, too. Mm-hmm. They've, got, they've got an influx of uh, talent and some good players. So he's going to get them in there. And, again, his scheme and his style works. Yep. Fleming Island at Clay, another good one. Uh, that Clay County rivalry may be the best one in Clay County. I think Fleming Island this year is um, poised for possibly its best season under Damian Springs. Uh, just a, a just an abundance of guys who were underclassmen last year during the 6-5 and five run. They are all a year older. Sebastian Broughton at quarterback, Sam Singleton running back, uh, Jace Edwards. Uh, it's just a, a ton of guys on that team. I think it's going to be a defensive-heavy team this year, and I think Fleming Island is poised for – for big things this year. Ponte Vedra, Bartram Trail, great St. Johns County matchup right out of the gate. See what Steve Price has in year two with the Sharks. And we mentioned Bartram Trail. They're my number two team. Uh, Sponge is number three team in the area. So uh, we are expecting big things out of Daryl Sutherland, Riley Trillo, Sharif Denson, Florida commit over there in the secondary, and the Bears. So uh, those are my that, my ones to watch. Sponge, let's take me through your four to watch this week. All right, you know, you know I got the Battle of the West Side, baby. You know, the, the – this game is always everybody's been wanting to play it. There's always chirping, you know, mm-hmm. like who's the best on the west side. You know, Trinity loves to take claim for that. Won a lot of state championships, but they're a private school, the small little private school. You know, Ed White was the big dog for a long, long time. Then they kind of faded, came back a little bit. Now they're back. So Trinity Ed White, I think, is going to be instant classic. I think both defenses uh, right now are ahead of the curve right mm-hmm. now. Um, just how it is, you know, week one of the season. If you got a good defense, you're just ahead. So, looking at both of their preseason games last week, Trinity struggled a bit on the offensive line. You know, the headliners, obviously, Treyon at running back, Colin Hurley at, you know, quarterback, big time, 2025, at Darnell Rogers. And then they've got a few transfers in at receiver. So, like, the offense looks like it should be the part. You know, now the big question is my boy G. Ross headed to Florida State, mm-hmm. but guess what? Gus came back in. Right. So Gus is running the show at uh, as the OC. And that's you know that again you know Verlin is the kind of the guy who gets that credit, but you ask a head coach and he'll tell you you're, you're only as good as your staff. For sure. And you have Gerard Ross who's been there as a player, as a coach, and um, really did some good things with that yeah, offense. Yeah. I mean, How is that gonna? That's a big change. I, it, the key, the good part is, you know, what's funny is, you know, when 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 I was there, when we were there, when we first started coaching together, Gus was the offensive coordinator, and and Ross was the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Then Gus left, you know, took some time off, so then Ross transitioned over and started calling plays, and he was the OC. So, you know, Gus was there first, you know, so his offense is kind of adapted, obviously, from when he first started there, and then, you know, the couple years he was at Baldwin and NEFI with uh, Boogie. You know, he's adapted and changed it up a little bit, but he's kind of running some of that similar, obviously, spread RPO game, just like everybody else is. But, I, you know, the, the terminology might be a little bit different, but it's still some of the same, you know, formations and calls and all mm-hmm. that. So it's not, it shouldn't be too much of a transition. The big thing is high school football, your offensive line, you know, sometimes it's always a struggle with the big guys up mm-hmm. front. They just either you're, you're trying to work around them because, you know, they, just offensive lines aren't great, mm-hmm. you know. It's they're just they're not. You might have like two really good linemen, and then you got two guys who are okay, so-so, you know. And teams are going to pick up on who's the the weak link on the offensive line. They're going to send an extra guy there, whatever the case may be. So you know, blocking and protecting, you know, for Hurley and whoever, all these guys, and finding those crease and those lanes. Uh, hopefully, that's when you have great backs like Webb and Rogers. You don't have to block as well. You just right. give them, just give them a little bit, and they they can go. So. That's all, that's all up to scheming and, you know, getting those creases so that they can hit it. 
and then just, you know, giving, you know, Colin enough time to hit the guys downfield. So I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a work in progress. I know Terry Parker's got a really good defense. They've they've come stocked with a defense. So they were on Trinity pretty heavy pretty quickly last week. Now, Trinity had a few drives that stalled and, you know, a turnover here and there. But I think that they'll eventually catch up. But defensively, their lights out and ready to go already. And same for Ed White. That defense, they've got some transfers in there. That defense looks really good. Now, the question will be, you know, how does Teal play at quarterback? He didn't look good against Hawthorne, in my opinion. I think he threw three interceptions. So, Hawthorne now is a great 1A, you know, uh, rural team. What they go eleven and 0, 12 and yeah, 0 last year. Yeah, they were year. a good team, and you know they ended up losing. But I think that you know Ed White, you got you got to show me something more on offense. I know mm-hmm. Devon Patterson, I love that kid. You know, is he going to be your back? You know, is he going to play? You know, split. You know, I know he's a great linebacker and great safety, great mm-hmm. nickel, whatever you got him on. He's your best player on defense. You know, so it's like Christian Ellis. Last exa- year. Exactly. So now Very. is he going to be the guy who totes the mail, or do they have another back? Um, and is Isaiah Teal? make the plays downfield. They've got a couple of nice receivers. So I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup, and it's basically, going to, in my opinion, going to come down to who doesn't make mistakes. So if, if Teal throws three picks, forget about it. You know, Trinity will take – they'll feast on those. And, you know, big plays can – you know, either team hit the big play, can web, get loose, mm-hmm. and have some big runs. You know, I think Gus early in the season will probably lean on the running game, you know, until – Everything gets flowing. Yeah, and I would lean on those guys all the time. I mean, why, you, saw what, what, <laughs> you saw what they did in that state championship game last year. I, I, I'm with you on White. I, I have them ranked high. I kind of – it was almost a coin flip between Ed White and Parker for me um, in that ninth spot. I, I really like Parker. I have questions about Parker's offense. Uh, as we saw last year, they really struggled to uh, string together consistent offense. But, man, that defense is so good. C.J. Dorsey, uh, one of my favorite players in mm-hmm. town this year, just such a good – Good all-around player. So Parker, I think, is a good test for Trinity right out of the gate in preseason last week. But I, I, I think White, if they can get some of those offensive issues figured out, I think they've got the personnel. Yeah, yeah. Gabe Garman at receiver is I like is, him. is nice. They look good. I saw him in that Jaguars eleven on tournament at St. Augustine, and they looked so good. Down it's, there. A lot, so, it's a lot different when you uh, yeah, when, when you got those pads when, on. When you got an edge guy coming at you, yes. it's it's a lot different. But so. no, but no, they 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 definitely. I think they've got the makings, and I like Ed White a lot. So this is like it's again a banger straight out the gate. You know, whoever loses this game, you just got to pick it up and just say, all right, you know, good week one. Let's get on it. And let's get to the next, and let's string together some wins and just forget about that. But you know, so hopefully, you know, whoever does lose that game you know, can can right the ship and get it going and, you know, learn from their mistakes and, you know, move on. But the my, other games my other my week. other three games, I like uh I like Jackson and Nice, which we already talked about. I like uh Mandarin and Fletcher. I think that's gonna be Good one. that's I I wanna see what C four is gonna do. Like I say, I have them at number ten on my preseason list. I, I like what they did last year. Definitely a defensive bunch, obviously, as we saw. Offense was their major issue. They didn't score a lot of points, was in a were in a lot of tight wins or losses either way. So Let's see if they can flip the script on that mm-hmm. and win some of those close ones they lost. I, I like that matchup because I want to see what Mandarin's got too. You know, Mandarin's got a young quarterback, also in that twenty-five class, Tremel Jones. He's he's a baller. Mm-hmm. They got some stud receivers, so I want to see who who basically if, if Mandarin wins that game, they'd be in my top ten next week. Right. You know? So I like that matchup out of the gate. And then my other one, this is a sneaky, sneaky game: Bradford Baker County. Um, you know, Baker had a heck of a season last year. Went all the way to you know play to Miami Central. Uh, in the state championship game, eleven and three, state semifinals, yeah, great, state semifinals, great yeah. season. So like, 
they they returned some guys. They lost a lot of guys, but I think Baker's obviously they're they're both in our top ten. But I'm telling you, Bradford County's got some dudes. Yes. So like that game last year was a little tight. It was a little close. I think this could be a sneaky upset. Um, I like Bradford. I like a lot of their playmakers they got. So I'm I'm really interested in that one Friday night too. Yeah, big time. Bradford has Jamie Rogers at uh, at coach now. He was a former Baker County coach. Led him to state championship uh, appearance in 2017. So he is at Bradford. They've got a lot of guys. Dude, they've got some dudes. Too. they got some dudes, man. They've got a lot of guys, and they were a good team. Kind of an up-and-down team last right. year. They were 6-6, six and six, um, but they have a lot of guys. Very similar to Fleming Island. A lot of that Bradford team, uh, underclassmen last year. Yeah. Got Dejon Shanks coming back, Chalil Cummings coming back. Um, some guys that are going to make some noise this year for Bradford, for sure. So that is an excellent – that's a rivalry game right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, every year, Bradford-Baker County is a can't-miss game. So – well, that'll do it for our week one of the uh, Varsity Podcast. Sponge Franklin and Justin Barney, we will come back to you weekly, update you on the games before the look ahead, maybe talk a little suburban metro, some recruits throughout the year. Uh, but thanks for joining us. You can find our podcast anywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Also subscribe to the Varsity Newsletter and check us out on Channel 4 on Friday night. We'll have all the highlights from games in the area, uh, some analysis online, and we will check back with you next week. Thanks for joining us.